through the darkness. A white hooded figure is running through a local cemetery of Los Angeles to an abandoned junkyard with left behind rusted metals. Chasing after him is a dark hooded figure, as they both panted, one trying to get away and one trying to stop him from escaping. But as the white hooded figure kept running, the dark hooded figure stopped. He glared at a tombstone. He drops to his knees, puts his right bloody hand onto the name of the tombstone with a deep and vengeful voice, stating, You will be avenged. This was six days ago. And as the sun was going down, the night progressed in East L.A. The sounds of dogs barking in the distance, police sirens wailing in the distance as well, the streetlights are just turning on, hitting the sidewalks, and with darkness lurking within it, though in a small house around the corner, there was a couple who were making out in the girls' room. Nothing really too out of the ordinary. Take your clothes off, Janice told her boyfriend, Zack. <laughs> oh yeah? Zack asked as he was already taking off his pants and his shirt. As Janice was taking off her shirt and leggings as well, they both made out again, getting intimate. Though, little do they know that they were being watched. A twig was just heard outside their house. Did you hear that? Janice said all terrified. Babe, it's probably just a dog wandering in the streets. Zack said, annoyed, wanting to get laid and starting to kiss on Janice's neck. No, Zack, stop. Seriously. What was that? Would you relax? Look, I'll, I'll see through the window. Alright? Zack said, annoyed. As Zack opened the window, looking up and down left and right, he reassured her. See, nothing's out here, he said with confidence. Janice looked at him, shaking her head. Just then, a hand pulled back Zack's head, and a kitchen knife sliced through Zack's neck, blood starting to gush out. Janice let out a huge scream, not knowing what the hell just happened. Zack fell to his knees and fell to the floor. Just then, a pale-faced ghoul was looking at Janice, garbed in a white hoodie filled with blood. He had black hair hanging down to his face, his eyebrows burned off, and a huge smile sliced from ear to ear. Janice let out another scream while gazing upon this ghoul now entering the room as he slowly walked towards her. No! Please, no! Janice pleaded with this ghoul, but then he raised his index finger to his lips. Shh. Look. I just need you to go to sleep. Okay? school said this, half shouting, while he raised the kitchen knife and started stabbing Janice. She screamed louder and pleading, <laughs> Oh, we got you. You should see the look on your fucking face. 
the ghoul then said, as they pulled off what happened to be a mask. The person revealed to be Justin, a friend of Zack's, which then Zack came up laughing with Justin. Then another guy came out of the closet, who was Mike, who was also a friend of Zack's, holding a camera, laughing as well. <laughs> Sorry, babe, but I had to do it. Jeff the Killer is the talk around here, along with Zack said, but of course the only one who wasn't laughing was Janice, and interrupted him. You fucking asshole! You scared me half to death! I fucking hate you! She said, screaming, hitting Zack. Get out! Get the fuck out of my house! She pushed all three of them out of the house, Zack telling her that it was only a Halloween joke. But then she slammed the door in his face. Heartbroken and angry, she then started to put her clothes back on and went to her cabinet and started to rip off all the flirting notes that she got from him in classes at their college, laying on her bed crying. Just when things were being settled a little bit, she heard rustling out of her window again. Fuck off, Zack. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Janice shouted. But there was no response back. She then went to her bathroom to wash away her tears and started thinking that maybe she did overreact a little bit. Janice then headed back to her bedroom to see that, strangely, her window was open. Okay, enough, all of you. Get the fuck out of my room, she said, heading to the closet. But no one was in there. She then looked under the bed, nothing under there, looking out the window, and no one was there either. As she closed the window, she was very confused and started to turn to look at the bed. Janice was grabbed by the throat and thrown to the wall, seeing the pale white ghoul again. Justin, get the fuck off me! Prank's over! Janice shouted to who she thought was Justin. However, she noticed that this ghoul was breathing in from the nose and out. Mouth slit from ear to ear, and smelling its breath, there was no mask lying around the neck. Also, this other ghoul had a white blank bulb on his left eye, as if he was blind on that side. She remembered the mask had both eyes looking. Her heart sank deep into her stomach. Her horror then came to realization that, that this wasn't Justin in the mask again. But someone real. The real Jeff the Killer. She tried to run, but Jeff stabbed her in the stomach, and Janice fell to the floor crying and whimpering, begging to be spared by the white ghoul standing before her very eyes. Oh, shut up, slut! The real Jeff said sinisterly. All you have to do is just go to sleep! shouted Jeff as he started to stab Janice with his knife. As blood started gushing out, he then heard the bones cracking from all the stab wounds being penetrated and laughing maniacally. Jeff finally seized his final stab, and he left the house where he entered from, wandering into the night. 
as Jeff was walking through the shadowed streets of East L.A. He then came across a sight while hiding in the darkness. There were a bunch of people hanging out in front of a house. And these people had white tank tops, also wearing button-up shirts. But it looked like it was the only buttoned up on the top and not the rest. They had sunglasses on their heads, some scars on their faces, Dickies shorts, and flat shoes. Talking a lot of smack and drinking beer. Jeff then thought, presumably, that these men and women were cholos. The Mexican word for gangsters. Jeff heard about their kind before, and was fascinated with what he saw. Seeing them drink beer. He was craving for one, surprisingly. And also picking which one would be perfect for a kill. Out of nowhere, though, a police car showed up and was in front of these cholos. One cop then started to come up to one guy who was in a wheelchair. Jeff could hear what they were saying, even at a far distance. Looks like I got my spotlight tonight, the wheelchair guy said. How does it feel to be the star of the show, Ignacio? The cop said. Ignacio? Huh? Jeff smiled and laughed. Only my abuela calls me Ignacio, I say. To you, it's a demon, said Ignacio, as Jeff saw that there was an intense stare-down between the cop and Ignacio. Came more to beat me in the leg, essay? He asked. Two cops were shot tonight. They're both in the hospital. You know anything about that? The cop asked. <laughs> Damn. Well, I wish I was there to see the fun. Jeff said, smirking a little. Shit, I don't know anything, fool. I'm just an honest citizen, I say. That's all you came down here for, to share the news, Holmes? Nasio asked, as there was another stare down. The cop now looked left and right. Huh. Notice both stop signs at the end of the block have been sawed down. Want to tell me what happened? The cop asked again. Jeff saw to his right, and did notice that there was a stop sign cut down. As he looked to the others again, another cop came to give the other cop a stop sign. However, Jeff saw that there was something spray-painted on it. Ah. El Chicano. The Ghetto Grim Reaper. Now, this is a mark as warning to the evil that lives on this block, the cop said, as Jeff looked interested to what he said. But he did see Ignacio's face turn pale as the cop mentioned this person. El what? Grim Reaper? Jeff asked himself. Know any evil that lives here, Ignacio? The cop asked again, knowing that Ignacio knew something. But he looked at the sign briefly and just looked away. Well, I said my part. No drinking and driving, any of you. Lock those wheels, or you're downhill. Alright? The cop said, dropping the stop sign. There was mumbling between the cholos, and Ignacio said, Hey, settle down, you motherfucker. Walk all over my body, oh, huh? I show you who you're dealing with, punk ass. Ignacio said, shooting the stop sign. 
Jeff then saw Ignacio roll down the other way to the darkness. Fuck, if only he went this way, Jeff said. He then walked over to the cut-down stop sign on his side and saw the spray paint of a hooded figure. Sharp teeth where the mouth was, and he put two and two together. Ah, so you're this Grim Reaper that they're talking about. Well then, you and I are going to have to meet very soon. One ghoul to another. <laughs> Jeff said laughing. Just as he said this, he heard Ignacio shout as if something grabbed him. Jeff then heard a motorcycle revving up louder and louder, and just as he heard this, he saw the other cholos looking scared. They booked it out of there in different directions. Jeff saw some cholos passing him, and they looked at him with a what-the-fuck face, but left out of there because... well, because they knew who was coming. Jeff then headed back to where he was hiding and saw a motorcycle coming his way, hearing some screaming too. The bike stopped within 25 feet away from him, and what he saw was indeed true. A hooded figure in all black, head to toe, got off the bike and walked towards Ignacio as he was injured during the drag. You... You fucked with the wrong fool, Esse. Okay, you're gonna die for this. Ignacio said. The figure then got out a knife. However, this knife looked different. For it had a red blade on it. And stabbed it through Ignacio's heart. Ignacio was left there bleeding to death. And the hooded figure walked onto his bike, starting it up. Only to drive off. Jeff couldn't believe it. It was the ghetto Grim Reaper, El Chicano, in the flesh. Jeff then smiled uncontrollably. <laughs> Till we finally meet face to face, Grim Reaper. <laughs> Jeff laughed again, then disappearing into the night, singing his own theme song. As the next day came about, an airplane started to make its landing down in LAX. Passengers were getting off and making their way to get their luggage, and a young lady named Leslie, who had short blonde hair, wearing a t-shirt with the Slipknot logo, rip-style pants wearing mid-calf, high-converse, well, she was going to UCLA from her home from Phoenix to start a semester, as she had a scholarship to this school because... Well, the colleges from her home state required a few more stuff that she couldn't get for. Luckily, she got accepted into UCLA, and she was excited and grateful for, you know, even though it was a bit hard to say goodbye to her family, that she was leaving behind. She then made her way to her luggage. She got into an Uber and made her way to the west side of Los Angeles. As she looked at the buildings to get to her college... She was surprised at the sights that came left and right. The shopping stores, the art on the walls, people generally having a good time. 
Leslie finally made it to the campus and into the building where she was forming in. She made it to the lobby, and she saw a lot of ladies going left and right moving inside of their dorms as well. She then saw a lady with her tag named Sandy, who was the RA. Uh, excuse me? She piped up. My name is Leslie, and I'm checking in for my dorm. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, yes, I found you. So, you're in room 113. And, uh, let's see, you have a roommate named Ava. Great, thank you so much, Leslie said, heading off to find her room. Hmm, a roommate, huh? Well, let's see how she is. Uh, hopefully we'll get along. She thought this to herself with confidence, as she made her way to room 113. She then saw another girl unpacking her clothes from her bag, and Leslie was the first to greet her. Hi. Hi there, you must be Leslie, this girl said. That's me. You must be Ava. Yeah, I am. Ava was another beautiful girl with light brown skin and straight long hair. She also had another beautiful smile. Uh, where are you from? Leslie asked Ava. I'm actually from East LA. I live about 30 minutes from here, so whenever I want to go see my parents or my family, I can drive to them and go see them. I was grateful to get accepted here, since I always wanted to be in UCLA. Wow, that's really good. Uh, how about you? Where are you from? Ava asked back. I'm actually from Phoenix, and I'm the first of my family to go to college. But the colleges from my state wanted... Well, they required a few more things that I couldn't really get. But uh, same here. Uh, I'm grateful to be here as well. That's really great. Your parents must be proud of you, Ava said. Leslie and Ava had just met, and they already became close. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Leslie asked. Oh, I'm 25, Ava said. Oh, so you're a year older than me. I'm 24, actually, Leslie said back. They both smiled together and somehow felt a connection between the two of them. Later as the night progressed, Leslie and Ava got into their beds and rested for the night, as their classes began tomorrow. The next day came about, Leslie and Ava got all dressed and headed to the lobby to get some breakfast. And just as they sat down to eat, though, they were watching the news. Good morning. We've just received an update from the police and investigators about the double murders that happened two nights ago in East Los Angeles. One was found inside her home, and one was laying in the street next to the Boyle Heights Bridge. The intel that we received was that one of them that the police found was considered to be a gruesome death. The victim was identified as Janice Gomez, who was a junior at UCLA, and was about to become a senior. The investigators say that Janice has been stabbed multiple times in the chest and has lost a lot of blood, and uh, by the look of it, she had died within five minutes. The police, however, had received a tip from anonymous source that her boyfriend, who was identified as Zach Robinson, was seen leaving her house late that night, and has been hauled into the station for questioning. The other victim that the police found uh, wasn't that far from the house Janice was murdered from. He was a local gang leader of the 5th Street Crazies, 
who was identified as Ignacio de la Vega, but in the streets, he's known as Demon. Mr. de la Vega was found laying with a stab mark to the heart. However, the investigators say that Mr. de la Vega was only stabbed once, and no connection was found between the two. That's all the intel we have. The police are still investigating this mystery. Oh my god, that's... That's almost to where my family lives. Ava said, as the lobby was filled with a lot of girls shocked to hear this news. I feel so sorry for her family. Leslie said, as they threw their trash away and headed for the campus. The talk of the news was hitting everyone about what had happened to Janice Gomez. Leslie and Ava then saw flyers and pictures of Janice, homemade signs that said, in loving memory of, miss you, never forgotten, and justice for Janice. Whoever did this to her must get the death penalty, Ava said. Agreed, Leslie said back, as they made their way to their first class. The day was going to be a wild one for them. Looking now on the east side of LA, in an abandoned warehouse, a figure was doing some combination punches on the punching bag, along with kicks to it, then practicing with his red blade knife on poses and swinging it left and right, then on his personal locker. He had pictures of what appeared to be him and his brother when they were younger. Also, he had a police radio, which he used to seek and eliminate whoever deserved to die. Newspapers cut out with shocking news about a hooded figure rolling through the streets of L.A., and a display board with a red cord connecting locations here and there, with pictures of local gang leaders. One about a child murderer, circled multiple times with a red marker, as he pauses with his combos of knife attacks. He then throws the knife at the child-murdered killer still on the loose, cut-out news piece. You can't hide forever, said the figure in a vengeful voice. He breathed in and out, and sat back a bit to rest. Back at UCLA, Leslie and Ava finished their first day of classes. They were heading back to their dorms to do their homework, but as they were heading there, they got stopped by a classmate named Jessica. Hey guys, uh, are you going to be going to the Raver house 10 miles from here for the party? Oh, we are definitely going, Ava said. Uh, we? Leslie asked. Yeah, don't you want to go have some fun? Well, yeah, but I gotta do this homework and, you know, our teacher gave us this deadline and I don't want to fail English right now. Okay. I'll tell you what, we'll do our homework as fast as we can, and then when we're done, we'll go. Deal? Alright, Leslie said. We'll be there. Text me the address, Ava told Jessica. Awesome, see you guys there. Ava and Leslie made it to their dorm and started to do their homework. As the night came to be, 
Ava and Leslie got into Ava's car, making their way to the Raver house, and saw a lot of students there having the time of their life. They saw friends talking with other friends, saw a lot of couples making out like there was no tomorrow, and people drinking, yelling out stupidities. Ava and Leslie never separated from each other. That's how close they got since they met. They had a few drinks, and danced with the music playing Bad Girls by M.I.A., as everyone danced with what they got. Leslie sat down on a couch to take a breather. Just then, she overheard from other students mentioning Zach Robinson, the boyfriend of Slade Janice Gomez, who was still being held at LAPD, and might be held responsible for her death. Even sending his life in prison. Leslie was shocked by this, and wanted to tell Ava, but she saw her dancing with other guys. Ava pulled Leslie off the couch and made her dance with her, and she did. Not too far from the house, two young couples then headed into a nearby little forest, which was supposed to be off-limits, but, you know, no one listens to the signs. They snuck in there to have some alone time, starting to make out and enjoy themselves. However, they weren't alone. The girl heard a snap. What was that? she asked. I don't know, the guy said, as they were putting their clothes back on. The girl was behind the guy, and they heard another snapping sound. Getting really scared. Then they heard what appeared to be a guy singing Mr. Sandman, but it sounded sinister. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream, bum 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 bum, make him the cutest that I've ever seen, bum 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 bum, give him tulips like roses of clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. <laughs> As the couple heard this evil laugh from straight ahead, they definitely were feeling scared. They saw a shadowed pale ghoul appear from behind a tree. It was Jeff. However, the kids weren't thinking at the moment on who he was, as they saw that he was wearing a white hoodie with red stains on it. Oh my god, who, who are you? The girl screamed at Jeff while the guy was holding her behind him. Jeff laughed evilly again, pulling the kitchen knife and lifting his head upwards. Oh, you'll know soon enough. In your grave, with others I've put in. Jeff said to her, smiling maniacally. Oh my god, is, is it really him? The girl asked the guy. I think it's now time to go to sleep. Jeff yelled at them while charging full force as the guy tried to fight him off, yelling for the girl to run. She did, but sadly Jeff got the advantage of this guy, using the knife to cut his neck and watching him bleed. Then he went after the girl, as the girl was running back to the house, yelling for help that there was this guy who just killed her boyfriend, they all looked at her as if maybe she was drunk. She was getting mad that no one was listening to her, and just then the knife was twirling to the girl. The knife stabbed her from the back and out through the chest, 
she then spitted out blood, her lifeless body falling to the floor. Everyone was shocked at what they just witnessed and saw where the knife came from. Jeff then emerged from the darkness, and all eyes were on him, showing his sinister smile. Boom. He whispered. Everyone started to run out of there. Jeff then ran to get his knife off of the girl's back, as the crunching noise from the back of the girl's spine could be heard. Jeff then started swinging his knife at others, leaving them with cuts and laughing evilly. Leslie and Ava saw what was going on and headed for Ava's car. Luckily, they made it and drove off. What the fuck was that? Who was that guy? Ava yelled out. Leslie had the face of shocked and stayed silence. Even the ride back to the dorm was silent. They just made it back and just wanted to feel like it was all just a dream. As they showered, got dressed, and tried to keep each other relaxed, they couldn't. I can't believe it, Leslie said. I know, that was insane, Ava replied. No, I mean, he's real. I, I can't believe he's real. Wait, you, you know who that was? Yes, no, that was Jeff. Jeff the Killer, he was is just an urban legend that people talk about to scare people. My friends back home used to tell me stories about him just to scare me, but I never believed them. But, but after what happened, I guess it really was him. Ava sat on the couch, shocked, but then remembered hearing about that name before, but she thought too that it was just a joke and a myth. After what she saw, though, no question about it, it was true. Do you think that he'll come here? Ava asked. I don't know, but somehow I've got the feeling that this isn't the last time we're seeing him, Leslie said, as they huddled together, not knowing if tomorrow was going to be good after what went down at that place. As the sun rose for the morning, Leslie and Ava woke up to a good view of the sun rising and thought it was beautiful. However, they still couldn't forget about the incident that occurred last night. <sighs> How'd you sleep? Leslie asked Ava. Okay, I guess. But, but that face from last night, I just can't get it out of my head. Ava said with seriousness and worriment at the same time. I know, I, I couldn't get rid of his face out of my mind either. But we gotta stay strong and try to forget about it. I don't know, but I'll try, even though... A knock came from the door, interrupting their conversation. Hey guys, Sandy just called everyone to the lobby. Hurry up! Leslie and Ava looked at each other and went to the hallway, going with a group of girls to the lobby. As everyone headed to the lobby, there was breaking news on the lobby TV. This just in. There was another attack on a rented raver house. 
Two were sadly murdered, and 15 others were wounded, with stabs and cuts on their bodies. Many witnesses claim that the attacker was none other than Jeff the Killer. Jeff the Killer was supposedly an urban legend who murdered his entire family and vanished without a single trace of him. He's still on the loose. Though, many other people have claimed seeing this pale ghoul in their houses, but not many have proven those claims. Last night, a bunch of college kids claim that he is very real. Though others proclaim that this is just a cop trying to wreak havoc on others just to be famous. The description of him, though. These students claim that he had a pale face, was blinded on his left eye, had a stretched smile to both ears, a white hooded sweater with red stains on it, and was carrying two kitchen knives. Also, they think that this guy may also be responsible for the murder of Janice Gomez and Ignacio de la Vega, but nothing has been confirmed yet by the police. The investigation is still on. And now sports. So, you really do exist then, huh? Well then, I guess it's time for us to properly introduce ourselves, you pale-faced ghoul. A figure said while he finished cleaning his knife. Back at the dorms, the dorm lady Sandy then muted the TV. Alright ladies, I know most of you were over there, but that's the least of the problem right now. I just got word from our school counselors, and I get the feeling that you're all going to go nuts when I say this, but classes have been cancelled for the rest of the week due to the incident from last night. She was right. Everyone did, in fact, go crazy. But they were still sad about the loss of the two students. Leslie and Ava were excited as well, but felt the loss of the two fallen students also. Later on in the afternoon, the whole school then assembled to have a moment of silence for the fallen victims. The two from last night, and Janice Gomez. They then released balloons as tribute for them so that they wouldn't be forgotten, and as everyone then headed back to their dorms, some headed back home to their parents to tell them what happened. Leslie and Ava then made it back to their dorm. Hey, listen. How about we go do something? Now that we have this whole week off to have fun, since it's barely 10.30 in the morning. Ava said. Like what? Leslie asked. How about we go see my folks in East LA? Since we have a lot of time on our hands could be fun. Okay, let's just... Let's just hope Jeff isn't anywhere near there. Well, I hope not, Ava said. I hope not, Ava said. They both then hopped into Ava's car and drove to East LA. Leslie then saw the sights of East LA, and she was surprised with the buildings, people walking around. Homeless people living in the streets. They then arrived at an apartment complex, but they had to park a bit far since there weren't any parking spaces near the apartment. They walked for a bit. Both girls were talking to each other. But then Leslie accidentally bumped into a guy who was heading to his motorcycle. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to... Watch where you're... The stranger said angrily, but then saw Leslie with a shocked face. I'm sorry, it's just... I've had a crazy night and didn't get enough sleep. 
the stranger said. Uh, oh, I see. Well, my name's Leslie, and this is Ava. Reyes. Danny Reyes. They shook hands. And he apologized for his outburst. Nice bike, Ava said, as they looked at Danny's bike. Oh, thanks. Uh, it was my dad's. Danny said kind of glum. Well, I gotta go. See you girls later. He got on his bike and drove off. Bye, Danny. They both said. Ava started to walk, but Leslie still kept her eyes on him. Leslie, come on, Ava said, grabbing her arm, going into the apartment complex of Ava's parents. Leslie and Ava finally got to the apartment where Ava's parents were staying. Ava opened the door with her own key. Mama? You home? Ava asked out loud. Oh my goodness, Ava, you're home! An elderly lady said to her. Hi, Mama. Uh, oh, this is Leslie. She's my roommate and my new best friend. Leslie, this is my Mama, Kira, Ava said. Uh, hi! It's so nice to finally meet you, Leslie said. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, and I'm happy my little Ava has met someone new, Ava's mom said with joy. Where's Dad? Ava asked. Is that my little pumpkin pie I hear? An elderly man's voice said from the other room. Hi, Daddy, Ava said to her father, giving him a hug. Oh, Dad, this is Leslie, my new best friend and roommate. Leslie, this is my dad, Raymond. Well, hello, young lady. Pleasure to meet you, sir, Leslie said. Sweet Pea, if I may ask, why are you here? Aren't you supposed to be at school? Her mom asked. Well, that's why we're here. I need to talk to you both about something that happened. Ava said with seriousness in her voice, as she told them what happened about... The two girls, the boy at the house, and the gang leader about how they were murdered and how the police were tracking that person down. Oh my goodness, sweet pea, I, I can't imagine how her parents are feeling. And so, yeah, that's why we thought to stop by and check on you, Ava said. Oh, sweet pea, you always worry too much. You know your father will always protect us. Her mom laughed. I know, Mama, but... Dad's not young anymore. I mean, look at him. <laughs> young people today have advantages to sneak attack, Ava said. Her father just chuckled. <laughs> oh, Pumpkin, back in my day, anyone who saw me would immediately run for cover. Hell, I may not be as young as I used to be, he said while flexing, as her father got up, then airboxing. But my fists of fury are always dangerous. Oh! Ah, oh, my back! <laughs> her father said, coming back down to sit on the couch. Leslie, Ava, and her mother started laughing. Oh, Raymond. Ava's mom said, chuckling. 
Ava then led Leslie to her room. Wow, nice room. I like how you still have posters of bands on your wall, Leslie said. <laughs> Thanks. I always loved rock music, but, you know, people always assume that I love rap. And, you know, sometimes I do, but I just hate it when people assume I do. You know? Leslie then saw a picture of her and other girls. However, their faces were crossed out with marker. I, uh, hope you don't mind me asking, but, uh, who are they? Ava then looked at the picture that she was pointing out and sighed. Those were my ex-friends. I thought they were really my best friends, but turns out they weren't trustworthy. I overheard them talking about a bet that they made with other girls to see how long that they'd be my friend for. Uh, that's when I exposed them for who they really were. And I never spoke to them again, ever since. I begged God that I would finally meet the person that I could really talk to and, you know, like, really trust. And I suppose that's when you came into the picture, Ava said. The two then shared a hug, knowing that she finally found a friend that she could trust. Later on, Ava told Leslie that she wanted to take her out to a local nightclub that she knew, uh, to show her how LA girls party, quote-unquote. Leslie was a bit hesitant about it. Then again, she might never get the chance to live a little. So Ava told her mom that they were going to Frank's nightclub. What? Miha, what about the killer that's on the loose? Ava's mom said, shocked. I'm sure he's not stupid enough to think that he can't get tackled by huge guards at a club, Mama. Ava said. I don't know, sweet pea. It's okay, Kira. I've trained my princess how to defend herself. Ava's dad retorted. <laughs> I know you did, Daddy. Okay, sweetie, just don't stay out too late. I know you're an adult already, but uh, still, it worries me. I know, Mama. I love you both, she said as she and Leslie headed to the door. Uh, see you later, Leslie called out. The two of them both made their way to Frank's nightclub. Leslie and Ava finally made it to Frank's nightclub. They waited in line, showed their IDs, and made their way inside. The nightclub having flickering lights, blue and green, with the DJ being on top stairs, playing the music, people dancing, and all in all having the time of their life. Also, guys were drinking and trying to pull moves on the ladies, as Leslie and Ava then took drinks, with some guys already trying to hit on them, and then soon the DJ played Crash by Mephisto Odyssey. Oh my god, I love this song! Come on, Leslie said to Ava, grabbing her hand and making their way to the dance floor. They then danced away with the crowd, lights flickering blue and green, and others just moving to the beat. However, though, in the abandoned warehouse, El Chicano started gearing up black gloves, leather jacket with a black hood, black tactical pants, black boots, 
throwing knives, his Aztec war knife with the red blade and snake handle, with, of course, black paint on his eyes. And lastly, his demon teeth mask. He then started revving up his motorcycle, lights on, and drove off to find this pale ghoul that had been causing chaos in his city. But back at the club, Leslie and Ava clapped for the DJ for the song, as everyone else did. Ava then went to sit for a bit. <sighs> Jesus Christ, this is so exciting. Thanks for bringing me here, Leslie said to Ava. Ava smiled as she knew she was happy for her for having fun. Back outside, in the back entrance, a guard was there, keeping a lookout for any intruders while hearing some music playing inside. Just then, though, he saw a hooded figure coming towards him. Uh, sir? Buddy? The entrance is the other way. He gestured, pointing around the club. The hooded figure kept coming towards him. Hey, aren't you listening to me? That way! The guard said, grabbing him by his jacket. The hooded figure then lifted his head up and saw his frightfully cut smile. Just then he realized that it was the pale killer, but it was too late. Jeff then used his knife to slit his throat quickly. Shh, 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 just, just go to sleep, fatso, he said with his evil laugh while the guard fell to the ground. Huh. He looks like that fat-ass friend from Randy's. Ugh. Makes me want to puke just by saying his name. Jeff said with a disgusted look. He then made his way inside the club. Now the DJ started playing Take Me Away by Christina Vidal. Ava looked up and, surprised, said, Okay, now this is my jam. Ava said to Leslie as they made their way back to the dance floor again, as did the crowd, raising their hands in the air with the song playing and oblivious. Ava and Leslie started to headbang, letting their inner rock star out. However, little did they know that their fun and excitement was about to be ruined. Jeff made his way to the DJ on the top stairs. The DJ then stopped the music, and, of course, everyone got upset as they looked at the DJ. The face he gave, though. I mean, with everyone drunk and high and having the time of their lives, they didn't quite notice it. But the face? He... He looked like he just saw a ghost. Just then, Jeff's knife burst from the DJ's chest back, and the blood started to come out. The crowd then saw, in disbelief and shock, the DJ fall to the floor hard. Lo and behold, what stood before them at the top floor, the pale ghoul that Leslie and Ava saw at the previous attack, was him. People then got their phones out. Then Jeff got the mic and said with his sinister voice, Are you not entertained? <laughs> Jeff then laughed as if he told the world's funniest joke. Everyone then started screaming and trying to make a run for it for the exit. 
Leslie and Ava were trying to get out of there, but there was a huge crowd. It was nearly impossible to get out. Others tried going to through the back way, but it was crowded as well. Jeff was already causing a rampage through the club, and security tried to stop him, but fell to his destruction. And outside the club, some, you could say, had already escaped, screaming. But the sound of the motorcycle came by. There you are, the hooded figure said in his vengeful voice. And back inside the club, Jeff was making his way to Leslie and Ava, specifically. Don't cry, my pretties. Your, your death will be quick and painful. <laughs> Keep away from her, Ava said, then kicking him in the groin. Oh! <laughs> in this one. I like that, Jeff said sinisterly. Then you're gonna love me. A vengeful voice suddenly came from behind Jeff. He spun around and made a fist, making contact with his face. Jeff fell back and landed on the floor. We finally meet face to face, the hooded figure said. Jeff growled and started laughing again. <laughs> really? Oh, the Grim Reaper of Los Angeles? Are you prepared to go to sleep by the ghoul of everyone's worst fears? Funny, you thought you could just come and invade my city again? He said in retort. By the way, the name's El Chicano. I don't give a rat's ass if you're the devil himself. Die! Jeff yelled out as he came lunging at El Chicano. Chicano ducked, and then he started to swing his red blade at Jeff. But Jeff was a bit quicker than him, and back and forth they threw punches at each other, especially their blades clanging, hitting each other with everything that they had. As both legends continued to attack each other, Leslie and Ava finally made it out of the club. Come on, Leslie! Ava said, as they got into Ava's car and drove off. And as they did this, the police started showing up. Jeff and Chicano kept fighting. Jeff tried swinging his left blade at El Chicano, but he kept missing. And El Chicano then tried throwing a right uppercut to Jeff, but fell and used his knife to stab El Chicano's right leg. He groaned in pain. Jeff then pulled his knife off of him, and then he heard the police trying to get into the club. Fuck. The cops. This isn't over, Grim Reaper. Next time we meet, I'll decapitate your head from your fucking body. Jeff said laughing as he ran away. El Chicano slammed his fist on a table as a sign of fuck. He got away, still groaning on the stab wound that Jeff left him. He then heard the police storm in spreading out to see if they could arrest the culprits. But surprisingly, there was no one in the club. El Chicano vanished right before the cops came, getting on his motorcycle and driving off. Ava and Leslie then made it back to the dorms. Oh my god. He came back! But, but why there? Of all places, why there? Ava said. 
Ava, j just calm down, please. Okay? Don't tell me to calm down. That asshole ruined my night and yours. I, I can't even focus right now because of these events we've just seen for the past two days. I need some sleep. Okay. Good night, Leslie. Ava said, storming into her room and slamming the door, leaving her alone. Good night, Ava, Leslie said, feeling as if she did something wrong. Off they went to fall asleep. As the next day came about, Ava came out of her room, seeing Leslie sleeping on the couch from last night's excitement before Jeff interfered at the club. Ava then felt like she was a bit harsh last night. She then sat down by her side, stroking Leslie's hair as she slept. What was up with me last night? Leslie was only trying to be nice, and I don't want to lose my best friend because of my overreaction. Ava told herself. Just then, Leslie woke up, and looking up, she saw Ava. Hey there, sleepyhead. <laughs> Hi, Leslie responded. Leslie, about last night, I didn't mean... Leslie interrupted her. I know, and it's okay. I know you wanted to have fun and show me what it's like to be an L.A. girl. Until... That psycho showed up. But I gotta ask, who was that other guy that was fighting him? Leslie asked. I don't know. But we could go always ask my folks, Ava suggested. They both then made their way to Ava's parents' apartment. Hey guys, Ava said to her parents, and they immediately responded with, Oh, sweet pea, we've been worried sick. I just saw on the news about Frank's and what happened in there, and you didn't pick up your phone when we called. I... Oh, sorry, Mom, but I gotta show you and Daddy something. Ava said as she pulled out her phone, showing them the video clip of Jeff and El Chicano fighting. Who's that black hooded guy? D do you guys happen to know? Just then her dad came to the kitchen and saw the video his eyes widening as he saw the black hooded figure. Where did this come from? Her dad asked, taking a closer look. From Frank's nightclub. They they showed up and fought each other. I, I don't know if they're dead or not, but the police came. Ava told her dad, her father then sitting down on the kitchen table, making a fist and pressing it to his mouth. Why, Dad, do... Do you know who he is? Her father took a bit to respond, but stated that he had heard some rumors and stories about the guy, and that Manuel knows more on who that was. My godfather, Manuel, knows. Okay, I'll go see him, Ava said, grabbing Leslie's arm. Ava, 
her dad yelled at her. She stopped, as did Leslie, and looked at her parents. Please, just be careful, okay? Ava nodded, and they both went to go see Ava's godfather, Manuel. They headed down to the deeper parts of East L.A., with the song of Cause I'm a Rider by Mr. Criminal playing in the radio. A lot of graffiti and cholos wandering the streets. Sometimes we don't come down here for obvious reasons, but my godfather has been friends with my dad since they were kids. They're kind of like brothers, and he's been like a second father to me ever since I was five, Ava told Leslie. They made it to a house, which wasn't too bad looking in contrast, but aside from the rough neighborhood, they decided to knock on the door. About a 50-year-old man answered with tattoos covering his arms and neck, wearing a black tank top and black pants. Oh my god, little Ava, is that you? The man said. Hi, Manny, Ava said, then hugged her godfather. This is my best friend Leslie. Ava showed Manuel Leslie, and they shook hands. See, we came here to ask you about this guy. Uh, maybe you might know who he is? Ava showed Manuel the clip of El Chicano. He looked at it for a bit and stated quickly to come inside. That it's better that no one drops out here. As the three of them went to the living room, Manuel went to grab some papers. A binder that was filled with news about something. So, in the video, I guess you want to know what it's about. Well, what you see right there in the clip is one of Mexico's fearful urban legends. El Chicano, he said. El Chicano, they asked, while Leslie was there sitting in shock. And he responded, That's what he's called, princess. A grim reaper, a, a ghost story. He uses this mark, specifically. He pulled out a picture of a spray paint poster, a hooded figure with sharp demonic teeth. He uses this mark on neighborhoods. Now, if you see this, it meant somebody on the block was a target. Somebody was getting killed. You know the saying around here, princess. Uh, in the barrio, bad things happen when the sky turns black. Manuel said. Leslie was looking at the picture of the spray paint, and hearing this, asking, who was he? Well, I've heard stories going back as far as the 40s, during the Zoot Suit riots, that a mysterious black-hooded motorcyclist was spotted moving through the barrio. A living urban legend, you could say. Uh, staying alive through the 50s, 60s, and 70s, just all throughout the decades. He stated as he pulled out the newspaper clips of a headline stating, Shadowy Biker Eludes Police After Attacking East L.A. Crack Den. Alongside, Black Hooded Figure Shoots Down Crime Lord Eric Shotgun Gomez. Now, anytime shit got hot in the hood, you hear those chopper bikes. Those motherfuckers would put their pistolas away and call it a day. Gangsters found God out of fear of the devil. Manuel finished explaining. At such a time, at the abandoned warehouse, El Chicano was facing the billboard of the newspaper clip, taking off his mask and seeing it, labeled Child Murderer Still on the Loose, Twin Brothers of One Found Dead. 
having his flashback of a pale ghoul holding his brother by the throat, trying to save him from a pale ghoul, but backhand slapping him to his face. As his brother was screaming to help him, he heard a scream, and then silence. A tear fell from his right eye. Alchicano then stabbed the clip with his red Aztec knife, breathing heavily in and out from his nose. After what you did to him, you son of a bitch, you will fall by my blade, Alchicano said, walking away. Back at the house, Leslie said, exasperated, Oh my god. So, there hasn't been any leads to who he might be? No. Nah, not, not a single one. It's like, he shows up, does what he does, and disappears before anyone could apprehend him, Manuel said. Well, what about this guy, in the White Hood? Supposedly he's this Jeff the Killer. Do you know anything about him? Ava asked. No, Princess, sadly. Uh, however, I do know of a lady who knows more about urban legends. Um, I'll tell you where she lives, if that'll help. But please, be careful. She's a bit loca. Ava and Leslie then made their way to Manuel's acquaintance, Maria Santiago. Ava and Leslie then finally arrived to the small apartment complex and went inside to find room 106, which Manuel gave them. They stood at the door and knocked. The door then opened slightly. A slight, high-pitched voice answered, Yes, may I help you? asked Maria. Hi there, my name is Ava and this is my friend Leslie. I believe you know my godfather Manuel? Ava said. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes, I know Manuel, Maria said in a seductive-ish voice. <laughs> that handsome, delicious, hunky man, Maria said, making Ava and Leslie feeling very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, uh, anyways, he told us that you know more stuff about urban legends. Leslie said. Maria shut the door, and she unlocked a lot of locks, then opened the door fully. Come on, get inside, she said. The girls walked in, Maria looking in the hallway left and right, and then shutting the door. What legends do you ladies seek tonight? Maria asked. Well, see, we were hoping that you could tell us about this Jeff the Killer. Oh, him... Maria said, as she went to grab a big book, which was thick with multiple pages. She turned page after page as the girl saw a lot of writing about urban legends. The Devil's Fist Cult, uh, The Weeping Woman, Bloody Mary, Eyeless Jack, Slenderman, Jason the Toymaker, just to name a few. Until she finally stopped on a specific page. Ah, here we go. Jeff the Killer, formerly known as Jeffrey Woods, See, he moved into a small Louisiana town with his family to start a new life. See, 
However, there were a couple of boys who were led by a boy named Randy Hayden who made him and his brother's life hell. Just because he was rich and could get away with it, right? However, Jeffrey fought off these boys unlike anything that he'd ever done before. And then, they both told their mother about what happened, and thought that they were being overly dramatic. See, his mother only wanted the other grown adults to be friends with her, even when Jeffrey and his brother Lou told them what happened. Well, she ignored the signs, and only believed what others said. She then forced Lou to go with his grandparents, and made Jeffrey make peace with the fool Randy and be friends with him, but, well, it turns out that she's more of the fool. Soon after, Randy blasted his father's flare gun at Jeffrey's face, and was in the hospital for a while. Overhearing that his own mother believed the lies that Randy had spilled to his parents, and, and foolishly, she believed him. Soon after they headed home with his brother, Lou, by his side, after all of that, Jeffrey was fueled with anger and, and hate for his parents. And later that night, he murdered both of his parents. However, he left the only person he loved and trusted alive. But soon after, he began his rampage of, of killing and leaving the terror of his name in that godforsaken town. Maria finished. Oh my god, Leslie said. Is, is there even a way to kill him? He's murdered classmates of ours, and, and others, and he needs to be stopped, Ava said. Jeffrey is as human as everyone else, yet no matter how many blades you have to stab him with, how many guns or bullets, he still keeps coming and coming. Unless, of course, you use another urban legend against him. And maybe, just possibly, it might kill him, Maria explained. Well, what about this El Chicano person? Leslie asked. Ah, see, he is no urban legend. He's just some boy playing hero. He's nothing but a wannabe, Maria said, waving her arm in dismissal. As she went to go grab something, she then returned with a small rectangular box with faded colors. Well, what is that? Ava asked. Well, it's the thing that can stop Jeffrey. Use it when the time comes, Maria said, handing it to them. Is this another... Leslie was about to ask, but then was cut off by Maria. Yes, it is. All you need to do is wind up on the side, and then the fun will begin. She smiled eerily after that, and Ava could only muster out a simple okay. They both left to the door. Uh, thank you, Maria. We really, as Leslie said, but Maria slammed the door instantly as they went out. Jesus Christ, what a rude old bag, Ava said. They headed for Ava's car, and Leslie remarked that, she was weird. I know, I just hope Manuel doesn't see anything in her. <laughs> Soon as night was upon them, they made their way to Ava's car. Ava then received a call from Jessica. Uh, hey, Jessica. Ava. <laughs> Ava, you need to come here. Sandy's been stabbed. You and Leslie gotta get out of the dorms. That, that pale psycho killer is in the building. You guys gotta get out. 
Jessica was screaming frantically into the phone. As Ava and Leslie were hearing this, to them it almost sounded like as if she was drunk. But, but little did Jessica know that Ava and Leslie weren't in their dorm building. Ava and Leslie then drove to campus to see what happened. One hour earlier before the call, at the dorms of UCLA, Sandy was doing the usual roundabouts, making sure that the girls weren't going crazy, or simply doing stupid actions that would get them expelled. She then grabs her phone and starts texting someone. But little does she know, lurking in the darkness, was Jeff stalking her and getting ready to strike creeping behind her with his knife. And just as he was about to strike, Jessica then came into view with her boyfriend, drunk, and saw Jeff sneaking up on Sandy. Jessica then screamed and surprised both Sandy and Jeff. Sandy then turned and saw Jeff and tried to make a run for it. But sadly, she wasn't lucky. Jeff grabbed her by the hair and stabbed his knife into her left side her to bleed out. Then Jessica and her boyfriend ran out of there to call security. Jeff didn't pay any mind to them. He knew that he had a lot of victims ready to fall by his blades anyway. Jeff then started to walk around the halls, seeing where to start his kill count. Just then the girls got out of their rooms, because they heard Sandy scream, you know, naturally. But what they didn't know was that they were going to be lined up for Jeff's kill count. Soon they were startled by seeing Jeff, as the girls gazed upon the pale ghoul before them, figuring out what to do to escape him. Just then, they saw another figure appear behind the pale ghoul. Jeff then turned to see what they were looking at, and surprise, surprise, El Chicano had arrived to finally finish what he started. As El Chicano and Jeff the Killer stared down each other again, he then looked at the group of girls and motioned with his head to exit through the fire escape doors. The girls then did that, except one who wanted to record the face-off. Just then, one girl pulled her to get the hell out of the building. It's time to end you, you piece of shit, El Chicano said with his vengeful voice. The only one who'll fall by blades will be you. Grim Reaper, Jeff told El Chicano with fury in his voice as he took out another knife from behind him. Ladies first, you joker reject, El Chicano said as he pulled out his Aztec war knife. That irritated Jeff as he growled and lunged at El Chicano, beginning round two of their fight. Ava and Leslie hurried over to their dorm building, and as they arrived, they saw a lot of guys and girls standing on the sidelines. Security was holding them, you know, the crowd back along with the two of them, and they soon found Jessica. Jessica, what, what happened? They both asked. <laughs> that so 
psycho pale killer came to the dorms and stabbed... Stabbed Sandy. Uh, she survived. You know, she's hanging in there. The ambulance is on their way, but I heard from the other girls that a dark hooded figure showed up and is fighting that pale killer. Jessica sobbed. El Chicano, Leslie said to Ava. Jeez, I wonder what they're... Ava said, until they heard glass shattering and saw Jeff get thrown from the glass doors, but got up as if simply nothing happened, laughing evilly at the excitement that just occurred, and then seeing the crowd looking at him, smiling and laughing maniacally. He then started to run into the security car that the campus security foolishly left the keys in. Just then El Chicano stood on that crashed glass where Jeff fell from saw him driving away. Come and catch me, if you can, Grim Reaper. <laughs> El Chicano then headed to his chopper, started it up, and drove off after Jeff. Leslie. Leslie, come on, let's go, Ava told Leslie as she grabbed her arm, both heading for Ava's car. Wait, what are we doing? Leslie asked Ava. Ava then pulled out the box that Maria gave them. Wait, you're... You're not thinking that we... Leslie said to Ava. Look. If you want to end that psycho son of a bitch's reign of murder, we have to. Okay? There was a silence. Until Leslie finally sighed. Okay. I, I guess. Alright then. Let's go. Leslie said, not sure if it was a good idea, but, I mean, they had no choice. As Ava started the car and went after El Chicano and Jeff the Killer. The chase was on as El Chicano was right behind Jeff, dodging car by car. Meanwhile, Jeff was laughing maniacally while he ran red lights, almost running over people on sidewalks, and El Chicano then took out a pistol he had clipped onto his bike, tried taking out the tires. The bullets surprisingly kept missing. Only one was left in the chamber. He breathed in and breathed out. Took the shot for a bullseye. The car spun around and flipped and dragged onto the concrete, stopping nearly close to a cemetery. How fitting. Jeff then got out with barely any scratches. As Jeff was running towards the cemetery, El Chicano then stopped his bike and chased after him. However, the cemetery was familiar to El Chicano. As Jeff continued running with El Chicano behind him, both of them panted hard. Jeff hauled ass. But El Chicano then stopped at a tombstone, glared at it, dropping to his knees, putting his right bloody hand onto the name on the tombstone with a deep, and vengeful voice, stating, You will be avenged. He gripped his hand tightly. Ava and Leslie got out of their car, following them. Just then, they saw El Chicano stand up and continue running. The girls then went to the tombstone where El Chicano was on, and the tombstone had words that said, Raul Reyes, beloved son and brother, never forgotten. Raul Reyes. Reyes. Just then, 
Oh my god. Danny! Leslie said, surprised as she had already figured it out. Ava knew as well what was going through her head, and beckoned her. Leslie, come on, Ava said, pulling on her arm. Jeff then headed to the abandoned junkyard, taking a minute to catch his breath. A throwing knife just barely missed his head, and there he was, El Chicano, once again, standing in front of him. Why don't you just die? Jeff said in an angrily hateful voice as he rushed El Chicano, and again, they fought to the death. Just then, Ava and Leslie saw them fighting yet again, and she then held out the tiny box in front. Wait, are you sure you want to do this? Leslie asked. Ava then whinnied the handle a couple of times on the box, closely to the end of the song. Yes, she replied. Just then the box opened up, and a small pit of black smoke filled the air. Just as it cleared up, the girls saw what was inside the box, and found it to be nothing. It, it was empty. But then the box just disappeared without a trace. Meanwhile, Jeff and El Chicano were still fighting with their knives, clashing and clanging, except El Chicano this time had the upper hand. He then stabbed Jeff on the leg. Jeff fell to the floor and El Chicano crouched on the side. He was about to pull the same move as he did with Ignacio. He went for the heart. Except Jeff stopped the knife from coming down. <laughs> Trying to kill me like you did with Ignacio, huh? <laughs> Jeff said while stopping Chicano's hand with the knife, as both legends were grunting and using force to outdo each other. You are finally going to pay for the pain you caused me all those years ago, Chicano said with a vengeful tone. What are you talking about? What pain? I've never come to L.A. before, Jeff said while grunting with the knife now close to his chest. Don't lie to me! Damn you to hell! El Chicano screamed with rage in his voice, trying to stab Jeff's heart. And just when El Chicano was close to stabbing Jeff's heart, they then heard a music tone that sounded like... Well, that sounded like it was for children. El Chicano felt as if he knew that song from the past. So did Jeff, hearing that same song being played. El Chicano then stood up, looked around. That's when he spotted. It. No. No, it. It can't be. You. Ochocano said angrily and pointed and felt as if his heart had stopped beating. Even Leslie also saw what gazed upon them and shocked them to their bones. Jeff also saw what he was pointing at, except he wasn't shocked. He simply smiled maniacally. As a tall, dark figure with mangled, long black hair, with twisted locks, sharp teeth, with a sinister smile, arms hanging down like a ragdoll, and grotesque, long, sharp fingernails stood tall. The figure then spoke with a raspy voice. 
<laughs> Hello there, friends. As El Chicano stared at this monstrosity that stood before him, he then had a flashback on the night his brother was murdered by a pale ghoul. And he then realized that... that it wasn't Jeff who killed his brother. It was this... other... pale ghoul. This pale ghoul was walking towards them. He then said with his raspy voice, <laughs> Why the long faces? New friends? <laughs> you. You're the one who murdered my brother. El Chicano said with anger in his voice. Oh, I've killed many, many people in my time, kiddo. So, I don't really know which one it was. <laughs> this other girl just laughed. You son of a bitch! I'm gonna- El Chicano started but got interrupted. The name's Laughing Jack, kiddo. Don't wear it out. <laughs> so, that's the name that's been haunted me all these years, El Chicano said to himself. Just then, Ava and Leslie were still watching at a far distance, but still hearing what was transpiring. Laughing Jack? What, what kind of name is that? Ava asked Leslie. I don't know, maybe later we can ask Maria and see what she knows. Just as they both talked, El Chicano ran towards Laughing Jack, trying to stab him with his Aztec knife. Laughing Jack just simply dodged it. El Chicano turned quickly and threw two throwing knives. One missed, but one got Laughing Jack on the right arm. Laughing Jack then groaned a little, but then his big left hand slammed Chicano through a rusted car door. Chicano was knocked out. As that happened, Jeff rose up, looking at Jack. Well, well, well. Looks like we got ourselves a copycat of yours truly. Laughing Jack said to Jeff. The only copycat here is you, you big ring-nosed freak. Jeff said with anger. Jeff threw one of his kitchen knives at Jack, but it just went through him, as if... as if he was a ghost. The knife twirled next to El Chicano, barely getting up, the knife hitting his left seat, nearly missing him. As Jack was seeing El Chicano, Jeff tried to sneak attack Jack, but he simply grabbed him by the throat and slammed him multiple times on the ground. While Jeff used his other knife to stab Jack's hand, it simply had no effect. Ava and Leslie got a little closer to the fight. Leslie found the little box and held onto it. Both of the girls tried to help El Chicano onto his feet. Come on, Danny, get up! Leslie said to him. 
Hachikano then saw Leslie. How do you know? I just... Look, I just know. Okay, Leslie said to him. But just then, Danny saw the little box that she was holding. Danny felt as if he was backstabbed. What? Where? What have both of you done? He said, looking at both girls. Danny said this with fury in his voice. The girls then looked shocked and confused. We just wanted to stop Jeff from killing people, and, and an expert told us that this was the way to stop him, Leslie said. Danny then used his right hand to grab his face in the, oh my god, you guys are idiots, moment. Well, your way of stopping Jeff is the monster who murdered my brother. Both girls looked at each other. Oh my god, we're, we're sorry, we didn't, we didn't know. Danny interrupted her. You both have done enough. Just stay out of my way. Danny yelled at them, then went to fight both of these ghouls. Ava and Leslie now just felt guilty, setting free the monster that caused Danny a lot of pain. What do we do now, Ava? Leslie asked. She just simply stood silent for a moment. We do the right thing, Ava said, pulling out her cell phone. She dialed and stated, Yes, uh, I want to report the location of Jeff the Killer and El Chicano, she said, pausing. As Laughing Jack finished slamming Jeff, he threw him to a tower of rusted cars. El Chicano was back in the game. El Chicano grabbed dirt from the ground and threw it at Laughing Jack blinding him temporarily. El Chicano jumped up and stabbed Laughing Jack on his side. However, little did he know that Laughing Jack had no organs. It was nothing but stuffing. Chicano looked in horror and saw Laughing Jack laughing maniacally. <laughs> no organs, kiddo? I'm nothing but your imagination. <laughs> Laughing Jack then headbutted Chicano, grabbing his leg and swinging him around as if he was a ragdoll. Just then, with luck, El Chicano had one last throwing knife, aiming it and bullseyeing it right onto Laughing Jack's eye. He then screeched with pain, and El Chicano had to think fast on how to bring him to his knees. He then targeted Jack's legs, and it worked, surprisingly, finally tasting the pleasure of killing the demon that's, that's been the cause of his nightmares. Chicano then slashed with his Aztec war knife onto the back of Jack, crawling onto his knees, and then, later, Jack laying flat on his stomach. Chicano then rolled him over, crouching next to his face, staring into Jack's cold, heartless eyes. <laughs> Way to go, kiddo! <laughs> Do it! Finish me off! Come on! Laughing Jack said. Shut up, you ring-nose freak. Do you know how much pain and suffering you've caused me? Eighteen years. And when you see the devil, tell him I said, Like a bitch! Now you have my permission to die. El Chicano raised his Aztec knife, finally about to end this nightmare once and for all. The unexpected happened, though. A knife 
was then stabbed right through El Chicano's chest. He screamed in pain. Don't finish the party without me, Grim Reaper. <laughs> Jeff said behind El Chicano in his right ear as he yanked his blade off of him and kicked him to the side. Chicano now lay in pain while losing blood and reflecting the memories he had with Raul when they were kids. Jeff then tried to finish the job with Jack, but Jack regained enough strength to get up and strike back, slashing him to his chest while punching him off. Jeff then was ready to swing back at Laughing Jack, until he heard a voice off in the distance, a familiar one. Jeff! Jeff, over here! It said. He turned around, and for a second, Jeff couldn't believe what he saw. It was Lou. Lou? What are you doing here? He said to his brother. I've come to bring you home, Jeff. Okay, this needs to stop. Come leave with me and nobody will bother us ever again, he told him. Jeff then looked to the ground, trying to see if this was a trick. I've been looking for you since... Since a lot of people have been telling their story about you. I knew I couldn't stop until we reunited again. Come with me, Jeff, please. Let's leave and never, ever look back, he told them. As Lou extended his hand, Jeff then reached out as well. Just as he did that, he heard a sinister, raspy laugh. Jeff then looked back from where he heard the laugh, and then he looked to see where Lou was. And to his horror, Laughing Jack was holding a dead corpse of Lou playing with it as if it was a puppet. Jeff was enraged. He ran towards Laughing Jack, but instead he ran into a glass of a rusted door. Jeff groaned in pain. <laughs> Whoops, Jeffrey boy. <laughs> Looks like someone has a splitting headache. <laughs> Laughing Jack said behind him. Jeff then shook it off and ran towards him with a leap, trying to stab Jack with both of his knives. Got caught, then stood against each other, grunting, testing each other's strength. Ah! They heard, and saw Chicano running towards them, getting tackled down, except, except El Chicano had a K-Bar knife penetrate Jeff through his throat. Jeff was gushing out blood from his throat and mouth, and then Chicano had his Aztec war knife penetrate Laughing Jack through his forehead. Panting Hardy stood up, giving a war cry to the heavens. He then fell to his knees and dropped backwards. Laughing Jack simply stood up, laughing. <laughs> you stupid kid! Did you really think that that was going to stop me? Laughing Jack just continued laughing, raspily. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Chicano said in pain from the stab wound from Jeff. Just then, a helicopter was over them with a spotlight on them. Laughing Jack then grabbed both Jeff and Chicano by their throats, holding them. I'm done playing nice. So I'll just kill you both. <laughs> 
laughing, Jack said angrily. Jeff, however, was still alive. Go to hell, you ring-nosed freak, Jeff said, spitting blood into Jack's face. I'll see you both in hell, Al Chicano said, then holding a detonator on his right hand. Chicano then pressed the red button. A red light flashed inside of Laughing Jack's chest. Clever little... What followed next was a huge explosion erupting the force of it, pushing Ava and Leslie to the ground. As the morning rose for a new day, there were a lot of police and firefighters keeping back people from that junkyard. Leslie and Ava were being tended by the officers, asking them if they knew anything about the event that took place. The girls simply told them only that they saw El Chicano and Jeff the Killer, nothing else. But just then, a Captain Burke of LAPD told a sergeant to escort them back to the dorms at UCLA. And as they did that, a corporal came to inform the captain. Sir, we couldn't find any bodies. We tripled police, called the area, didn't find anything. The whole site was a big mystery now. Ava and Leslie were resting at their dorm. Until one of them exasperated. <sighs> what a night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta be honest, though. This is... This was, rather, the most fun I've had in years. <laughs> they both giggled, but shortly got serious. But, in all seriousness, you know, what happened to them? I heard the cops say that they didn't find any bodies, Leslie said. I know, I heard that too. I mean, there's nothing we can really do about it. Besides, this was only the beginning of things. I get the feeling that there's more than meets the eye to everything, Ava said as they both sat down in their dorms. Later throughout the night, though, a drunk man was driving after coming back from a bar, swerving left and right, stopping at a nearby park, getting out of the car, and going into the trunk to open a box of beer. He got a can out, turned, and was face to face with Jeff. Except this time, he... Well, he looked as if he just came from the depths of hell with his face burned from one side, and seeing his row of teeth where his cheek used to be. Just then, Jeff slit his throat, gurgling with blood and stabbing him multiple times in the stomach. Go to sleep, Jeff said, as he stole the man's car and drove away in the darkness. In the abandoned warehouse, Danny limbered over to the billboard and to the news clipboard. Child murderer still on the loose. Now it's finally over. My brother. You have been avenged. <laughs> Danny now felt like a heavy load off of his shoulders was just released. He then heard, Excuse me? Danny then pointed his 9mm pistol at the figure in the darkness. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... Show yourself! Danny said vengefully. A little girl appeared from the darkness. The hell are you doing here, kid? Danny told her. I, f 
I've actually been looking for you. Danny, the little girl said. Who the hell are you? Danny asked. Uh, my name is Gwen. Gwen Reyes. I'm your half-sister. Danny slowly put his pistol down with a shock on his face. Back in Maria's apartment, the news struck of the events of what happened at the junkyard, explaining the explosion, that it could have been caused by Jeff the Killer and Chicano, but there weren't any bodies found. Oh, Jack. Even someone like you couldn't get the job done. And you, Jeffrey. You always knew how to slither away like the snake that you are, Maria said. However, the shadow outline of Maria changed into a skinny woman with black hair and dark eyes. The figure went into a room with Maria asleep on her bed. Oh, don't worry, Maria. You'll wake up soon enough from your... little accident. <laughs> and as for you, Jeffrey, your death is upon you. Mark my words, your death will be very painful. You will be lustful for my revenge. <laughs> ah.